0: He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counter-terrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now.
1: All right, well, we're gonna have to play those again. We can see, I mean, in fairness, no one wants to hear Joe talking, um, but we'll see if we can get those the audio fixed on those and get things going. More important than anything Joe Biden said is Tom is in the studio today. He's right Hello. here. <laughs> he is here looking at some other stuff as we get ready to get the whole new studio thing set up. So pretty pumped about that. We'll see where this episode goes. It's going to be fun. I'm glad to have you, brother.
2: I'm uh, glad to be here. So,
1: this good. We have audio.
2: We do now.
0: Somehow it magically got um got muted. muted. I, I don't know why. I, you know, <laughs> shit happens.
1: It's Monday. Somebody's like, got what, a case of the Mondays.
0: Place the music. Let's just get out of there, and then we'll fix it. So yeah. So here's, here's here, what,
1: these are just two. This was gonna be our cold open. Here's two little clips of Joe. Take a listen.
3: Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Take-home pay for workers is going up, especially for lower and middle-income workers. So,
1: we got Joe Biden there's saying, Joe. <laughs> "There's Joe." We got Joe Biden saying the banking system is safe. With eh, I mean, but is it? So, we'll, we'll talk about that today. But he also says that wages are up for the for the working working man and woman in this country, except they're not. For literally, 22 straight months. Has gone the opposite direction, so uh, once again, it must be nice to just say whatever the hell you want to say.
2: Well, they uh, Joe Biden lives in a complete fantasy world, you know. If wages did go up, let's just say, you know, if Taco Bell is hiring now at 1750 an hour, yeah, I mean, they, they have gone up, that part of it is true, but inflation has also taken off,
1: exactly. It's outpaced it for 22 months straight, so you they just leave out that very inconvenient truth. <laughs> That, this dollar looks higher, yes? Like, I mean, and It's that's... always
2: one crucial piece missing. You know what it's like working in a third world country. Yeah. There's always one little tidbit that is crucial to the to, to the success of whatever you're doing. And this administration always leaves that part out. <laughs> they,
1: they do. But what's so frustrating is how many people are like, oh, okay, well, that's great. Like they, I mean, they take that. They don't think at all. They don't question it or challenge it. You know, there's not a person in the room who's going to challenge uh, from the press Joe Biden saying those things. It's just, it, it, it's like, but it's guys, it's right there. It's right in front of you. It's <clears throat> so frustrating. We got a lot to get into today. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into this whole bank stuff, Silicon Valley Bank. What's it mean? Where are we today? Where are we going to be days from now? We'll try and forecast that as best we can. There's, there's uh, NSA who spied on Tucker, admitted it. They, you know they went and asked them. They're like, "Yeah, we did it." Like, <laughs> like you're a super secretive spy agency. That's that's when you. Uh, I'm 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 glad that they did. But that's when you lie and hide behind your your castle walls and and your digital technology and all that stuff. But they admit it. And then Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, Tom, how do you feel
2: about uh, Debbie uh, Wasserman? Uh, she always she looks like a wet poodle. She Every does. time that I see her, I feel like that she's you know some kind of water dog with curly hair <laughs> that just got out you know fetching a, a grouse dog. or something. I love it. I'm sure she loves being referred to
1: as a water dog, but you know what? She, she looks like one and her policies look like something that a water dog would probably come up with. We got that booze and banter today. We've got some January six tapes. You know, Jacob Chandley keeps getting vindicated time and time again with all of these, these new videos that, that are coming out that the Democrats of course, very conveniently did not want out in, in public because people would have the reaction that we're all having. Like, hey, this looks different than you said that it, that it, that it was. Um, so we'll talk about that. And then Fauci, God bless the little guy, is sticking to his guns. He still thinks and is resting his, his laurels on the fact that this was a, a, a natural occurrence with COVID. It was not from a lab. It was, it was just of, of natural origin, which is something.
2: Yeah, well, he's gotta stick with the lie. Right. You know, he, he's gotta to totally stick with, you know, this being a natural occurrence that happens, you know, in, in the in an ecosystem, which we all know, you know, for the most part is not true. Right. You know, no matter how many times he says it, it just it's not looking like that's the the truth. Yeah. So
1: well, we'll get well, into think- it. That's gonna be in booze and banter because we know YouTube doesn't want us talking about COVID. So that'll be over there. Head on over, guys. It's redvoicemedia.com forward slash Drew Crew. You can, you can go there, check it out. You can try it for a dollar. Come get a drink, hang out with us. Tom's here in the studio. It's going to be fun. We'll have lots of other stuff we, we can get to. You can send in your own questions. That's all going to be over there at Booze and Banter on Red Voice Media. Again, redvoicemedia.com forward slash Drew Crew, or just go to the site and use promo code Drew. It all works the same. All right, let's get into this Silicon Valley stuff. So last Friday... It was last Friday evening, Silicon Valley Bank California regulators announced that it was shutting down the bank because SVB was no longer solvent. So right off the bat, you've got all of these employees, which of course, there's a lot of lives that, that play into this. They're out of a job. Their lives are upended. Things are going crazy. But what's, what's if we can get past them for a second, because a lot of them kind of knew where they were working, working for and what, what the types of investments they they worked on um you know there's there's a lot of um ideology that plays into that bank too but get past the fact that they're upended and out of the job it's caused a lot of turmoil for the markets in general a lot of people concerned of what this is going to do to our economy writ large not just silicon valley bank and the people who were putting their money there
2: yeah, 100%. You know, you have people, and I can't remember his name. I think you're going to talk about later in the show. Uh, Ackerman, right? Yeah, Mr. Acker, Ackerman. Bill or Ackman. Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman, yeah. yeah. Coming right out and throwing gas already onto the fire, yeah. saying, you know, this is going to cause a rush to the bank and everybody pulling out their money. It's like, bro, you trying to do this on purpose? Because right. it sure seems like it.
1: Yeah, well, and, and that's that's the big concern, right? Like, people see this happening, and, and that's, that's the conversation you and I've talked about a lot off camera, but uh, every person I've talked to has been, oh, this is going to be bad. And it's not bad because Silicon Valley bank went down per se. That's, that's, again, it sucks for employees and people who have their money there. Uh, Cause there's a lot that's, that's on the line and, and some that could be in jeopardy, but, but it sucks moreover for, for panic stuff. We saw it with toilet paper. We saw it with all this stuff during COVID. You have people say, oh, the whole thing's going to collapse. And it could, in theory, <clears throat> if people take this bait and go yank all their money out and then collapse the other banks that are out there. But <clears throat> it, a lot would have to happen. But it does seem like there's a lot of people who want that to happen. Why do you think that is?
2: Well, I, I, well, it depends. well one of the theories out there is the world economic forum. If you're going to have a great reset, you have to have a catastrophic yeah. economic event that wipes people out of all their money. And something like this, you know, if, if that's the play, then they're, they're setting the table for it. Right. You know, I'm hoping that's not the play. I'm hoping, like everybody else that is, that this is just a one or a two-off, that, yeah. that there isn't this cascading effect that's going to happen. But, you know, we, <laughs> we we were fooled with COVID. We were fooled with all these other things that our government is always like, oh, we're acting in your best, best interest. But they're, they're not. They're right. doing everything in their power to take away, you know, the autonomy we have as free human beings.
1: Yeah, well, and and it, it, you 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 go back to Ackman, like you were talking about, and it seems like it is being done on purpose, um, but it also seems like, I mean, you look into this bank, you look in specifically this bank, we got a clip later from um, the CEO, I forget his name too, but we'll, we'll tell you when we get to that point, point in the notes, but he's trying to share this message he pulled all his money out, what was it, days, weeks before? It was, I think it was in February. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, these people, they're just all scum. But this is, the SVB, they most, what would you say, Disco?
0: Nothing to see here. Yeah,
1: nothing to see here whatsoever. But most of their investments were around the green economy, right? Like, that's what they were involved in. And that's a risky thing. It doesn't usually go well. Um, it's, it's, it's performed poorly in the past, produces low yields, all sorts of stuff. So- You've got this bank that was kind of set up to be in this situation with all those models. Now, they have some... I was looking at a, a, a client list today, too. They have some stuff that doesn't fit in that realm. They've got, like, Vimeo, and I think Etsy was with them. Um, you know, there's 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 some other stuff. A lot of those companies woke, by the way, too. But you've got all that. Anyways, they, they're invested in all that heavily. They get their ass kicked. But it seemed like they knew it was coming. This was Greg Becker. That's his name. Greg Becker, who was the CEO who put a message out to his former employees over the weekend, because he's not the CEO anymore, and he urged them to keep faith in the bank. Let's take a listen.
0: Hold on, then let me uh, resize it. All right, here you
3: go. Hi, everyone. Uh, It's with incredibly um, heavy heart that I'm here to deliver this message today. I want to acknowledge how hard the last, really, 48 hours have been on all of you and I care so much about all of you. It really is just so incredibly difficult. Um, I'm trying to look past that and focus on uh, two things. Um, one, I'm focusing on you. I'm thinking about the ultimate outcome of what this could be despite this incredibly difficult time. And two, focusing on clients. Now, as you heard this morning, I'm not making those decisions anymore, which is really hard. But I am working with the FDIC to try to figure out how can we come up with the best outcome for our clients, as well as our employees. Now, I know when that message went out this morning, I can't imagine what was going through your head and wondering, you know, about your job, your future, etc. My goal at the end of the day is to figure out how to preserve a small portion of the franchise value that we've spent so much time building. And hopefully find the right partner at the end of the day that the fdic can work with to have this institution continue in some form or fashion with many of you who i appreciate over so many years now there's no guarantee that something will happen we don't know exactly what the results will be so i've got an ask and it's a completely unfair ask my unfair ask is this can you guys just hang around try to support each other to support our clients work together which may be a again a slightly better outcome than where we are right now i know it's an ask but i know you guys if anybody are the right people to ask to be with each other to be with our clients to try to come with the best outcome we could think of in this situation thank you and my heart is with you and it's really um hard for me to deliver this message but i so appreciate all the thing you've done for me and for svb over so many years thank you
1: all right so it kind of seems like on the surface right if you don't know becker or you don't know much about this bank it kind of seems like okay maybe a heartfelt response to the employees like it kind of comes off that way but as tom pointed out If you pay attention, first of all, these people are rolling in so much money, it's hard for them to actually care about their employees and their community and their whatever. But the dude, as he's saying this message, saying keep the faith, is wearing a a quarter zip jacket from Glen Eagles, which is a a luxury golf resort in Scotland. I mean, could could you be more out of touch?
2: Well, I just looked it up during the uh, clip, and I looked up the hotels that are associated with the uh, Glen Eagles Country Club, the hotel, the Glen Eagles Country Club goes for 25, 2500 pounds a night.
3: Jeez.
1: <laughs> but don't worry, guys. <clears throat> he's on your side. He's on your team. He gets what it's like to be a small employee, just a normal everyday community member. Um, and this guy, what's, what's, so take out that, right? He's, he's, he's out of touch, you know. Kind of a tone-deaf response as he sits there in, in, in his his nice house in his his gear from a nice club. but this is a guy who offloaded 12,451 shares at an average price of 287 dollars and42 cents each back at the end of February, February 27th to be specific, that price just plunged to 39 dollars on last Friday before this whole thing happened and the FDIC seized the bank's assets. Bro made out okay. Everyone else got
2: absolutely obliterated. Oh, yeah. He got his golden parachute. And the thing that strikes me is how many employees, regular employees of his... Did he afford the same option to? Right. Did he just do it on his own, or did he say, you know, send out a memo and saying, "Hey, look, I'm doing this. You might want to do this as well." You know, that memo never went out. No,
1: no. He 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 thought about it inside. Should I tell someone else? No, we're gonna be good. Like me and my wife. I'm assuming his wife's name's Nancy. I don't know why, but it just fits. They're gonna be fine. It's just crazy, but it's. But you look at, you know, so you start to pull on a bunch of threads as you as you look at this particular story and what's going on with Silicon Valley Bank and all of that. And they've got this business model. I mean, Tom, wouldn't you say like a high percentage of them really bought into this model of how
2: they were doing it, like the employees? The employees? Oh, for sure. This reminds me there's a lot of similarities between this bank and the type of corporate culture that they have the same with FTX. Where they have this altruistic view of what they're getting into, right. but they don't realize they're walking headlong into a, you know, a scheme. Right.
1: Yeah, and they're and they're again, they're, it's 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 sad that we have to keep repeating this, but but it's not sad, of course, if you're Greg Becker or some of the other elite who make out absolutely fine. Um, but you brought up earlier, I think, as you look at this stuff and people panic, and and the panic and and subsequent actions that go along with panic could lead further into what I'm about to talk to you, but uh, talk about, but you, you brought up earlier, you know, f- with so many things that Klaus Schwab and all these globalists are pushing at the world economic forum, and even just people who are adjacent to the world economic forum is in order to put their system in whatever said system is, whatever, you know, function or bin of society you're talking about, in this case, banking, you've got to blow the shit out of it and break it down. You got to abolish what's there and start back over. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying this is some fear tactic. But this gives them an interesting opportunity. If things were to cascade further, they would make some significant headway in crushing the system we know and, and making it more of a you know broad stroke kind of federal system. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
2: Well, how many times have we heard we have to reimagine the police? Yeah. So now the the refrain is going to be we have to you know uh, we, we have to reimagine our economic system that's exactly what's going to be because in order to come up with a new system you have to destroy the one that you have right and if that's your goal then like i said before they they've la- they've set the table for it yeah now it's just a matter of you know whoever is you know has is the levers of power taking the tablecloth and pulling it away and then resetting it however they want the uh, table to look
1: yeah
0: well it's well, Go ahead, Disco. I was like there was one thing that I I saw this weekend and people are who've had loans with SVB have been very excited like, "Oh, I have this, I can have this car for for um for free now." That's not how that works. You are probably going to have to get another loan, but there's this gray area now where it's like they're like, "I just bought the brand new electric Hummer and I don't have to make payments." And it's like, "Well, someone's probably going to come in a few months and be not Well, they they door. already they've already <laughs> you know? uh,
1: um the former i don't remember i don't know if we have that clip or not but there's a there's a new ceo who's already there former fannie mae guy right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like he is it is this it yeah this is the new ceo clip yeah let's play this real quick so it'll add some context to what we're about to get into
0: breaking news some new details from the fdic on its actions concerning silicon valley bank It is named Tim Mayopoulos, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, after removing the previous senior management, the aforementioned people we were just talking about. Tim is the former CEO of Fannie Mae. The FDIC says no losses associated with this resolution of SVB will be borne by the taxpayers. This is the FDIC and the banks that will do it. Shareholders and unsecured debt holders, by the way, for the banks will not be protected. It says depositors, or SVB will have access to their money starting this morning when the bank resumes normal banking hours. They go on to say that loan customers there should continue to be making loan payments as usual, and the bank's official checks will continue to clear. Um, again, that's the latest that we're hearing from the FDIC in this. Right. Now.
1: So you're gonna have to pay your loans off. There's, there's, yeah. you know, Big Daddy Government's <laughs> already come in to to take this over. But uh, this guy's a character too right?
2: Oh, the guy from uh, Fannie Mae? From Fannie
1: Mae? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eh, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see what comes of this. I think it's interesting. There was some commentary from, what's this guy's name? Ryan um, Maud? Ryan Mao. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. But he said the Inflation Reduction Act's climate subsidies turbocharged the climate uh, tech sector. However, it didn't actually reduce or address inflammation. The massive spending bill accelerated the demise of the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, this is an example of a paradox. Paradoxically, climate change caused the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. So they're all in on this stuff. And this, again, this is his commentary, which I think is kind of funny. And like, they're all in on this stuff. They're, they're essentially this green bank who dumps everything into that, buys into this climate change stuff that's, by the way, being used as top cover and a ruse to push all of this nonsense down our throats and fundamentally change who and what we are as a country. But they go all in on that and then get their ass kicked by it in the end.
2: Oh yeah, and what I love most about his tweet is what he says at the end is the the crazy thing about this, you know, collapse of this bank. If there wasn't climate change, we wouldn't have a climate bank.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's it's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome. I, I I don't again. I don't know who this guy. Maybe I should know who he is. I'm not trying to put him down. And say he's a nobody. I'm not saying that at all. I just didn't know. Who he was before this. Now, now I have to check out some of his stuff some more. But <clears throat> these guys.
0: A, a few y- weeks ago, I think it was, is that someone said that uh, weather had to deal with inflation. Like, oh, because of the storms that we have, inflation yes. goes up. And I'm like, so wait, so now the weatherman's like, and as this high pressure front comes in from the from the west, we're gonna see inflation rise. You know, like you know, like I, like, like come on, people. Come
1: on, it's it's pretty funny. Can I, can you give me a boost on you? I feel like you're maybe at yeah, least I'll in my I'll ears down up. a smidge. Um, Is that better? Check one, two. That's two? beautiful. That's beautiful. Right. You sound beautiful. Um, but in, in all of this, and there's a longer thread. He, Ryan had lots of commentary there, but in all of it, he's basically making the case that we that we knew as as he gets into. Because again, there's a lot more that we didn't show but he he shows or he talks about the fact that the inflation reduction act was going to have the opposite effect on the economy and we're we knew that to be true when Joe and KJP and all these people outlined it but <clears throat> we're seeing it happen in real time it's playing out before us we're seeing that you you cannot they think they can and they try this all the time but you cannot spend your way out of uh, out of i mean it's just into prosperity or out of the problems that you've built with your flawed logic all of it it's just it keeps getting worse and and i I, I, there's some of them who are vindictive and awful and want to change everything and they know what they're doing and they're a-okay with the results but i i think there's some 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 ideologues and just people who are like in hook line and sinker on all of their 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 idea you know their their views and their policies that they actually are, you know, probably surprised that they're not working. Like, why aren't these working? It's, like, because they're dumb. Like, there's not an ounce of logic to it. Like, it's never worked this
2: way. Well, right now they're setting it up saying it's Trump's fault because he deregulated the banks. But, you know, Biden's had two years to reverse any regulations that Trump put in before we got to this point. So, you know, it's just just one... one of the things about being on the left, it, what I find so fascinating, and I really wish that I could implement in my own life, is being able to blame somebody or something else for every problem that you come up against. Right. Yeah.
1: That's, that's their way. <laughs> lie, lie, lie. Don't get checked on it. And then blame someone else when things don't go well. It's, it's, it's a very convenient life that they live. We don't get to do that, by the way. Obviously, the rules are very different for us. But Maria Bartiromo. Had uh, had was James Comer on, and they were talking about this whole thing and what should be done about Silicon Valley Bank. Anyways, there's just lots of conversation going on right now as it pertains to this story. Here's what he had to say. Let's take a listen.
2: Kentucky Republican Congressman James Comer, is this the Mr. Chairman, the thanks very much for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. First, I want to get your take on the news of the day, and that is this Silicon Valley Bank uh, loss and this failure. You were on a bank board. You're the chairman of the Oversight Committee. What should be done here? Well, look, this is something that I I worry could be a trend. Usually when one bank goes down, more banks go down. And what we've seen early on from articles I've read in the Wall Street Journal and, and other financial publications is they invested a lot of cash, a lot of cash that I would assume they had from things like the PPP loan, government policy, and they invested it in bonds. And then because the Democrats spent too much money in all their stimulus, they, they, the bonds go down when interest rates go up. The Fed had to raise interest rates to combat the Democrat inflation. And then we see now coming out that uh, they were one of the most woke banks in uh, their inv- their quest for uh, the ESG type, uh, type policy and investing. You know, this could be a trend. And there are right. consequences for bad Democrat policy. And I think we need to keep an eye on all the, the banking sector right now. Well, we're waiting for a solution. We are expecting an announcement of an acquisition of the Silicon Valley Bank before the markets open tomorrow. We'll see. So that was
1: yesterday. Obviously, we've got some news breaking. We had just showed that clip before uh, of what's happening in terms of a leadership change and, and all of that who's taking over. But he's concerned about basically what we've talked about and what others are talking about. And it's kind of this domino or ripple effect whichever whichever way you want to go, whatever analogy you want to use. But it's it's what happens from here. It's not, oh no, Silicon Valley Bank went down. Again, that's big and it's a bigger deal for some than, than the rest of us, but it could be a big deal for all of us if certain steps play out n- now
2: yeah 100 percent. i mean if there is this bank the fdic only has a finite amount of money to ensure you know whatever lenders that that they ha- that they can lend so if they're you know it's only like you talked about the 250 grand so if they're insuring every person who has an account at svb that's going to take a big chunk out of what they have, I would imagine, because yeah. I don't think, well, who knows, maybe their supply is endless if they're just going to print more. Right. But if it does have this trickle effect, at some point, they're going to be out of money if right. they keep doing this. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and you know, you, you talked, we, we were going to, the, the, the show had kind of evolved on on how it was going to be done and what was going to be done today. But But what's interesting with this whole bank conversation, too, just to kind of, slide into a different aspect of this broader bank conversation is is how some of these folks we're seeing everything change before us. We know that they want this stuff to change. We know that they they want to have more control and power over over all of this. But there's also there's some willing players who are going along with kind of the concept of whether they call it that or not of ESG scores within banking. So there's there's some wholesale changes going on over here and then some of them are subtly Sliding in this ESG stuff under right underneath, some of you might be at a bank right now who has, uh, you know, ipso facto ESG scores in 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 play there already. Like
2: that's that's part of what's coming next, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I just rented a car. And one of the options I had was to give a dollar fifty for you know my carbon credit that would go into this fund, and it, 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 all they're doing is is conditioning you, right? You know, to for the idea of this ESG score. It's like, wow, we've been doing this all along, and it's nothing new. They always, you know, they everything they do, you know, whether it be the left or the you know permanent Washington, there's always an ulterior motive to it. It's nothing to save you money. They might say it is. But in the end, all they're trying to do is chip away at more of your freedoms right. and, and you being allowed to do what you want to do when you want to do it.
1: Right, 100%. Well, and we talked about this last night. You know, you say yes, you get some brownie points. You say no, you're on the shit list. Oh, you know, Tom denied that. He, he could have just given a dollar. What's anyone can give a dollar? And now he's got, you know, you're at a bank. We've talked about gun lists. You know, there's a lot of banks who have talked about, tracking those types of things some of them have said that they're backing off of it now i don't buy it um but certainly you're not going to get put in a positive light with your esg score if you're purchasing guns and ammo you know there's all that stuff plays in and and they'll get it on small things like that i think it's such a great example a dollar 25 a dollar 50 you wouldn't do that okay disco and tom guess what you're going to hell maybe not but you're getting a bad esg score
0: well, and, and I was talking about this this weekend, and it was one of those things where I'm sitting there going, you would think the stuff that would make sense for the score, like I've never missed a payment on my rent or my mortgage, or I pay my taxes, those things, the things that like used to be this was the clout you needed. But that's not going to matter on any ESG scores. But I mean, Who do you play golf with? That's, that's really what's going to be. Who do you play golf with? I'm saying like it's going to be who are you friends with? Because if you're oh. friends with people in politics, then you're going to be fine.
1: But well, yeah, not, I mean, as always, if you're rules, in the club, you're in the yeah. club. If you're not, exactly. you've got to play by the, the rules, and they get to determine, yeah.
0: Yeah, but here we are thinking, oh, man, we've we got to make sure we pay off our credit cards, pay our mortgage, pay our taxes, do all these things. The things that should matter would make us rank high on, on the ESG score, but that's not what they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking at all the other stuff that they deem is bad, like guns, or you don't donate to these funds, or you don't clean up the carbon, you don't drive an electric car. Those are the things that they're going to rate you with, and that's what's going to suck. It's it's you know like okay. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for creating a messed up system here, folks.
1: Well, it, it it is a messed up system and and there's a lot of people who sadly are playing along with it and 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 I think most unknowingly, like they don't they don't know, you know, so many people are naive and want to see the best in people, want to see the best in companies and organizations. They want to see just the best in everything and And those are the prime suspects for people who fall into this, like, okay, well, did you know that you're already doing this and that you're already doing that? And they're like, "No, I'm not like, okay, well, here's how, here's why and but they 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 they, they normalize it as you always say, like they they make it feel mainstream and and all of a sudden they've got everyone caught up into it at the point where it would seem even more crazy for them to have some nefarious, thoughts and principles that are acting you know behind the scenes and what they're trying to do with this because no we're into no no like i wouldn't have fallen for that like oh but you did you did and look where we are now we're all in in a lot of trouble because so many people are so naive so stupid they just want to go about their lives which we all do and you should but but when you get caught up in that and you just kind of go along to get along and hope that things are going to be better like that's where you get that's where you get stuck (laughs)
2: Well, like I said, it's conditioning. We you know, there came a point where we started sorting garbage.
1: Yes. And the garbage gets put in the same pile once it gets I mean, you guys know that, right? It's a union job. They take it from their two trucks, dump it in one big pile and then pay someone to separate it again, which none of which I don't think needs to be done in the first place. But if you if you're into that, just know that it's 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 beyond absurd. Well, the
0: the thing to look up is what your pro what which processing plant does your trash go to, and do they have the means to separate it? The one that we that ours goes to, it doesn't. It does so that you you get fined if you don't separate it. But it all gets dumped to it it gets put in a truck and sent away to another place that separates it. So why am I getting fined if you guys
1: are just putting it all back together? But that's just how it works. Just how it works. It's how it works. (sighs) Ah, Wegmand. Weigman and Nixon. We'll pay for a bailout. We will, even though there were poor choices by management. Criminal is is what it, it is. What it is. Um, yeah, I think they're saying that they're not going to do a bailout, but there'll be something. There always is a bailout. Yeah, there just is. Like it, point to a time when there hasn't been one. Like if 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 we can see lots of precedent where that, but that's just not how it goes. Really? They will take care of their own. Everyone will end up a okay. Again, if you're Greg Becker, the former CEO, you're already a okay. You're like, honey, which island should we buy? Like,
2: I mean, like, they're in a... Right. They're going to do that because what they're going to say is we had to bail all these banks out because we didn't want to run on the banks because that would collapse the system. It's always, you know, once we were trying to prevent something, so we had to do X. Yeah. That's exactly the play that's going to happen.
1: I agree. There's some talk. It's not really talk. There's kind of some fun suggestions out there that elon because elon responded to a tweet you know elon you should buy it and turn it into a digital bank and he's like i'd consider it no one's saying i'm not saying that he's actually considering now maybe he is you never know with elon but interesting thread there we're not going to dive into it because we're already running behind so we're going to skip that but we'll see we'll see if 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 elon comes we could have made that the question of the day do you think he's actually entertaining it i'd I'd say no but here is the question of the day is would you rather have more guns and ammo or more cash on hand physical cash on hand we're getting to a point in time where there's lots of concerns in our country about what tomorrow looks like excuse me so would you rather have more guns and ammo on hand or more physical cash send in your responses we'll get to that we'll get into how the nsa spied on tucker all that's on the other side stick around all right the question of the day my friends was what would you rather have more of guns and ammo or physical cash i know a lot of you would say i want both of course you want both but you got to pick one you got to pick one let's get to your responses and see then we'll give you ours as well if i can get my damn mouse where it's supposed to be here all right raven six says guns of course i knew that you would say that uh Guns and ammo and Irish grit says June. I like that. I like that add on Irish grit. You should bring that with Shirley Coleman says ammo and guns. Matilda guns and ammo. Tom says both guns and cash and the freedom to go to church and talk about it. Amen to that. Tom Dooley. Doty says guns and ammo. I totally jacked up this over here. Give me a second to get back to it. Lots of ladies coming in with guns and ammo. Okay, here we go. D Donner, guns and ammo. Mudcat, guns and ammo. Barb Rocks, guns and ammo. Jill, guns and ammo. Guns and ammo, says Debbie. Well, eventually... Exactly, Stewen. Well, eventually my guns and ammo will take your cash in hand. Ginger, guns and ammo will keep the cash safe. Amen, sister. Good to see you. I know we got a different work schedule kicking for you, so we're glad to have you Whenever we, whenever we got you. Uh okay okay so I maybe there was maybe one so far I didn't see what uh came through on Gitter but maybe one cash that I can think of but I think that was the double one so I think everyone went guns
2: and ammo oh a hundred percent I mean that guns and ammo is the way to go because you can use guns and ammo as a currency where if you just have cash you know you can maybe you know stuff a mattress or something right. Or, that's about it. Right.
1: Know? Well, and, and what does that actually get you? Who's going to take it? Who's not going to take it? I was having a conversation with, with my, my mother, um, who I love dearly, yesterday about this cash thing. But And I always tell her, and she's not wrong. It's smart to have cash on hand. She was talking about that, and, and I didn't disagree with that, and I, I don't disagree with that. But my stance has always been what you just said, Tom, and I presume is your answer to Disco. I'm just going out on a limb here. But with what I have, with my arsenal – um, as well as my training, which doesn't hurt. Like, I can get whatever I want in a bad situation. I, I kinda like your dog. Like, I kinda like this. That cheese strudel looks pretty good. Like, you've oh, you've got cash too? Great. Like, I mean, again, no one wants it to get to that point. I hope and pray that it never does. No one wants to see and experience war and those kinds of troubling times here in in America, but but that is, I mean, it, it, I see so much, I mean, you see the prices that actually go up, like the actual real-time economics of guns and ammo is through the roof right now. But in a troubling situation, a God forbid wartime situation, unrest, any of that stuff, the the impact is not what you paid for, it's the fact that you've got it and you've got lots of it. Like that, that's worth, there's no price you can put on that.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, not just, you know, to defend yourself, but like you said, if there's a total, you know, breakdown of the society and the systems that we've, you know, grown up with in our entire lives and what our country was founded on, then yeah, everything is going to become very primal and you have to be able to to survive. If you're going to survive, you have to do it in a very primal way. Absolutely. And again,
1: that's a nasty thought for a lot of people to think, you know, if you're not broken like me from all the time I spent overseas, like... OK, I get it. But that's I'm not saying like I'm not like r- relishing the thought of that being the situation. It's just if you've got to take care of your kids, I've got four kids and an Afghan like I'm going to do what it takes to make sure that they are fed and have a roof over their their head and, and all of that, like like any parent would do. I, I'll do whatever it takes.
2: Yeah, no, I've been to countries that have gone through civil wars, and it sucks. Those countries absolutely suck, and it's nothing that I would ever wish on my worst enemy. Because when you go there, you can just tell people are, you know, still walking around in a daze, not quite knowing what to do. Right. There's no infrastructure left. There's, you know, getting clean water, is, you know, is, is is almost like, you know, getting, a, a you know, a gold watch or something. Right. Yeah.
1: No, it's. I man, it, it could get really dark. I pray that it never does. Good responses. People still sending some in. Raven says, "Drew, you're not broken." I appreciate that, brother. But I don't know. If, I don't know if it's true or not. But I'm gonna take that. Um, okay. Let. Surely, I watched The Purge and Contagion over the weekend. It sure, feels like the last few years in America, it's getting. You know what? You know what? Si- side point on that. There was that movie that came out, and I can't think of the name of it because it was not that memorable. But it came out during COVID stuff, and it had to do with, like, a a virus lockdown and, like, people coming to your doors in, like, full containment suits. Oh, man. It had so much potential, and it was done by someone who actually was pretty good. I forget if it was Bruckheimer or someone who had some chops, like, to at least be entertaining. It just – it really disappointed. But it's like, man, this sucks that the movie that we're watching right now could be what tomorrow feels like. Um but those those are those are something too.
2: Well, as long as we're funding, you know, the funding continues in these, you know, Chinese labs for gain of function research. That's quite possible. That's quite possible. Yeah, we're gonna again, we're gonna talk COVID
1: today. Little man Fauci had some comments about all this lab leak stuff that we all knew was the case. We'll get into that in the safe space in the trust tree over on uh, on Booze and Banter on Red Voice Media. The links in the chat, guys. I just shared it again. But let's get to this this video here. Um. Because Tucker Carlson went on. By the way, great, great get for the uh, Full Send podcast. Getting Tucker Carlson on—he's kind of a popular and important person right now. So the pull—that's a big pull. But they had him on, and he—he appears. So that's that's Chief Nerd. Is that Full Send? Is Chief Nerd? Yeah. So <clears throat> still, c- great, great pull. But they they had him on, and he talked about in the conversation. There's—he's alluded to it before. But it was, it was fascinating, I think, hearing this particular take on it, this, his, his storytelling of how the intel community spied on him. Take a listen.
4: Um, I'm not hiding anything, but I was definitely hiding my plan to go interview Putin just because it's an interview. So, no, so how, no did no nice how did that yeah. happen? How do you know the NSA broke into your signal? Because well, they admitted it. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, can you tell us about that? Like, how did you find out? I got a call from somebody in Washington who's, who would know, just trust me, who, uh, so I, I went up there for another reason, but this person said, You know, you're gonna come to Washington anytime soon. This was a year and a half ago. And I was like, Yeah, actually, I'm gonna be up in a week. Meet me Sunday morning. So weird. Like, who does that? Just text me. You know what I mean? Just yeah. text me. No. So I go, and this person's like, And this is someone who would know, um, are you planning a trip to go see Putin? This was the summer before the war started. And I was like, how would you know that? I haven't told anybody. I mean, anybody. Not my brother, not my wife, nobody. And just because, you know, it's one of a million things you're working on. and But that was one of them. I want to go interview. Why wouldn't I want to interview Putin? Of course. I want to interview Xi. I want to interview anybody, everybody, yeah. right? That's kind of my job.
2: We want to get Kim Jong-un on well, here of one Of
4: course. Day. Of course. We met him.
2: You did? Yep. Oh, we got to talk about that after. Yeah. Super in your interesting.
4: But anyway. Holy shit. Um, how would you know that? Because NSA pulled your text with this other person you were texting. How did you know that? And so I immediately, I was intimidated. I'm embarrassed to admit, but I was. I was completely freaked out by it. I called a U.S. senator who I know, not that well, but it seems like a trustworthy worthy person. And I told him the story. I said, I just want to tell you this. And then I went on TV on Monday and I'm like, this happened. And so they had, you know, in Congress asked NSA, and NSA is like, yes, we did this, but for good reason what would be a good reason to read my you know what but the head of nsa it's fine it gets because everyone's in on it republicans and democrats are all in on it and by it i mean the assumption there's no privacy whatsoever that they have a right to know everything you're saying and thinking That shit's scary and that's just not a right as far as i'm concerned you by the way if you have no privacy you have no freedom freedom is predicated on privacy it's like none of your business you don't even think about that like they're can just go through your Completely. phone and well, find everything. Well, they everything. did it to me, so I know that for a fact. And, but again, if you have no privacy, you have no freedom. Yeah. How about this? It's none of your business. If that's not a good enough answer, then you are a slave.
1: If you don't have privacy, you don't have freedom. A lot of truth to that. That's a, there's a lot of truth to that. And it's remarkable and Tom, you put this in the notes there, but it's remarkable how many people on both sides they have, especially Democrats, but certainly some Republicans too, that we all know. I'm sure you know some who are totally on board with the idea of the security state having access to every aspect of their personal lives. Like they, they take this out. Like I've got nothing to hide mindset. Like that's not the point. That That's literally not the point. And, and they, they go in with this and then and then it's again; it's too late. Like you've get once you give up freedom, once you give up your privacy, you never, ever get it back. It's not happening.
2: No, it, it's not happening. Once you give up your privacy, it, it never comes back. And for people to say, "Well, you know, I don't do anything wrong. If the government wants to look at my stuff, they're gonna be bored because I don't do anything." There's always something, you know. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people and i always ask the question do you tell your doctor everything when you go in there do you tell him how many drinks that you have a week because you may put down you know i have you know like 4 But I've seen you pound, you know, 18, you know, during the Super Bowl. I feel like (laughs) that's how many I had last night. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing. I've also talked to family members. I'm like, I know that you keep secrets from your doctor. Do you tell your doctor that you have a Diet Coke and a handful of M&Ms for breakfast? (laughs) What do you think they're going to say? Right. You know, that's the type of stuff that, you know, it sounds like very trivial and nobody would ever care about that. But they would if they were writing insurance for you. Right. So if you want to have your life completely wide open, best of luck to you, because everybody has something that they want to keep some sort of a secret or just have their own privacy. Yeah. You know, if if, you know, like getting back to the M&Ms and the Diet Coke, that's something, you know, that's on you. That's your freedom of choice to do what you want to do and live however you want to live. And nobody should be dictating to you that you shouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and, but it's, what's so funny is one, they don't understand that you give up some, you give up all. And these are the same people who you could go through, you know, a litany of questions and on some of them, they'd say, that's none of your business. Like, like, okay. Like neither is the, all the other stuff that you're willing to give up to the government, like their business. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how they do it, but, but it's, it's where they are. By the way, do you tell your doctor everything? No. Yeah, just, uh, the numbers I give them are are remarkable, and they're still kind of like, "Ooh." I'm like, "Oh,
2: do you have more than two drinks a
1: day? Come on, I mean, by what time of the day are we talking here, Doc? Are we talking noon? Like, are you talking just wet lunch? Like, oh man, see, see, I told you, Raven Six, I'm broken, brother. Um, but no one should be cool. I don't care what side you're on. I don't care who you vote for. I do, but like as it pertains to this particular discussion no one should be okay with big government the security state having access to all of your stuff all your personal information tracking all that and i i, I rip on myself all the time for this and 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 i i i I, th- I think you're probably in the same camp but back in the day when the patriot act came into play i was for it i was fighting the war i was like you know what bad stuff happened i I understood the intel community and what we did and how the the process was and and it was in fact that way at that time you know for if you wanted to do any kind of collection that involved americans there was a ton of hoops to go. it was it was almost to the point where it's like let's not do it because it's too much work it's too much effort we don't spy on our own but that cascaded and it gave power and it just was unchecked power that expanded and expanded over the years to the point where it's like oh i see it now i see it now because i used to say the line like hey if if you're not a terrorist cuz they were there's people concerned about it back then. I would be like, "Look, bro, if you're not a terrorist, like if you're not Al Qaeda or or in some offshoot network of Al Qaeda, like we're not going to come after you. We're not looking at your shit. Unless you're in contact indirectly or directly with someone in a bad network." And that for the most part was the case back then. But again, now, you know, the the the, the doors have been blown off their hinges. And whether it's this or whether it's you know, getting into you know with the banking stuff, where there's so many ways that they can track stuff, and they do, and it's not right. And and you know, I I I I was I was wrong back in those days. Like
2: like man, you were an idiot. Um,
1: but yeah, I gave people the benefit of the doubt. Like
2: oh yeah, I mean we were everybody was stunned after nine yeah. eleven. It was like holy crap, what just happened? Okay, how how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Then all of a sudden, this Patriot Act rolls out. And when I look back on it, every single politician was like, this is something that will never, ever be weaponized against, you know, the citizens of this country. And it was like, at the time, it was like, that kind of sounds weird. But, you know, <laughs> we, everyone's still devastated. and was still burying the dead and everything and, you know, having memorials. So it was like, I will right, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And it was like, never again. Yeah, It's the same, you know, it, it's... Like when, you know, when we had the revamping of TSA and the establishment of Homeland Security, it was like, this is all just for our protection. It'll never be weaponized against you. And now we're still taking our shoes off. It's all conditioning. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, they get you
1: on that emotional play in the heat of a moment, and then it sticks. and it never. You ne- if, if you've worked in government, you know, once you add a layer of bureaucracy, you never, you never pull it back. All you do is add. And you know what's so ridiculous about it? Is people get promoted on that. Like it is a bullet point. And, you know, in the, in the Intel community, there's a PAR, um, which is just your evaluation re- report that you, that you would do. And you've got to have some bullet points. And what a lot of careerists do, for example, is they just add in bureaucracy. I added this new process and this new procedure and this regulation, <laughs> which builds upon the last regulation. Which was a completely unnecessary regulation. And how about it? Do you think you do you think you'd mind promoting me and making me a GS14? Like that's the game that play, and it just gets worse and worse. And it becomes such an you know non permissive environment to actually accomplish your mission. It becomes impossible, damn near, to accomplish your mission. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Um, thanks, Raven. Appreciate it, man. Um okay let's skip this break disco let's just get into Debbie Wasserman Schultz real quick she tried thinking it didn't go very well so as as Tom said earlier I mean this wet dog syndrome here worst head of hair and I don't like to just pick on women like we, we we don't shoot to do that but worst head of hair for sure in the federal government that that's that's what she's working with there but she was talking to and she was grilling going after Matt Tybee. Remember, Matt, he was one of the people who was working on the Twitter files and then also Michael uh, Schellenberger. And she was going after them and talking about uh, obviously Twitter, social media suppression, all of that as it pertained to the 2020 election. Here's what she had to say. Then we'll discuss
4: eyeballs, money, prominence, attention. All of it points to problems with accuracy and credibility and the larger point which is social media companies are not biased against conservatives, and if anything, they ignored their own policies by allowing Trump and other mag- extremists to post incessant lies, endangering public safety, and even our democracy. Hypocrisy is the hangover of an addiction
1: to attention. Okay. So there, there was the wisdom from, from old Deb. And, oh, by the way, every one of the Democrats who were on that committee were so condescending and so rude to the reporters who were the ones investigating the emails, looking at it, doing what, what, I know they don't do it anymore, but what reporters are supposed to do, right? They were doing some journalist shit. Like, that's that's what they're supposed to do. Anyways, how dare you do your job? How dare you do your job? That profession is dead, and it is. it is. It's long dead. But I mean they were so rude to the point if if you were watching if if you were sitting there and I hope you had a drink in your hand and you were watching the hearings you probably wanted to throw your drink a couple times because they're just I mean they don't they don't treat people with respect and I'm not saying we always get it right and I'm not saying I treat everyone with respect all the time but you're in a in a position here where there's supposed to be some decorum there's supposed to be it, it, it but it just doesn't exist and they're all pissed right now because they got straight up busted with what they did at Twitter and bringing in, you know, making this this horrible and scary marriage of a private corporation and the federal
2: government, and then and then not just that, but using it. Right, and the, their demeanor during that was what they tried to do is take somebody like you know, we'll take Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, and minimize. What they've done professionally by putting them into a corner and then mocking and ridiculing them and also being very condescending toward them saying, uh, you know, Matt, maybe Ta- I remember was talking about, you know, an article that he had written on Substack or Rights for Substack. And uh, what's her name? Uh, Garcia. I can't remember her first name. But anyways, that old bag. She was like, "I didn't even know what a Substack is." You know, they try and they try and demean people right. who are actual professionals just because they're trying to take away that person's credibility. Yeah. So it's just character assassination is what they're doing to people who are up there to testify about inequities in the government.
1: Yeah. It is. They yeah, do I that, and I'm... and go ahead,
0: Disco. I, was say, I think I would have had more respect instead of her saying the Republicans are spewing lies. If she would have said, they're not saying our lies, you know what I mean? Cause right. it's like all, all we've been doing is just saying the truth, the truth about everything. Right. What, you know, exactly what's behind it, but because it's not on their page, on their narrative or the lie that they're just pulling that, that week. Cause it seemed like it changed all the time. We're the ones that are getting in trouble for it. And, you know, and then even to the point of I, my personal Facebook page got flagged for something that, because I'm friends with one of our show hosts, said I got you know my it's like it's like I didn't even I don't post on my page. Why am I getting put in timeout? Like what's going on? Yeah, but it was like well you're associated with this, so you're getting banned. And I was like, what?
1: Makes no sense. Well, and what's crazy is is that no one has in the, in the the masses, the general public. So many people they don't have a problem. With what they're not even—they don't have a problem with what happened—and they're not even going so far as to ask questions and suggest that there was a problem with this this unholy alliance of the FBI and Twitter, old Twitter, and what appears to be—and has been proven to to actually have impact on the election without a shadow of doubt. But even you know, take a step back before we knew what Tybee and Schellenberger and all these people did—the work that they uh, um, did—didn't Weiss do some too? Whatever. You know, all these reporters that were a part of that process, even before that, my big problem, you guys hear me say this all the time, is there were so many flags and question marks before we started getting real-time data, and they would shut it down. It's like, but no, 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 no. Aren't you interested to know if this happened or not? Or are you just going to dismiss it like you dismiss everything else? And as you dismiss those things, you're also dismissing your freedoms and your First Amendment rights and so many things that are going away. Because you're dismissing them, because you're not asking questions and having a conversation. And and it just it blows my mind. But no one's seeing the, the, the problem with this. And and now we're seeing the, the, the Dems in, in power, Dem, you know, people on the Hill, people, people in the White House absolutely lose their mind because they they just keep getting caught <laughs> red handed with so many things. What's frustrating is it doesn't have the impact that it should.
2: No, it doesn't. And, you know, getting back to, you know, people have chosen sides. They've chosen teams. And it's just like sports. But a lot of times, if your team does something wrong and they lose, you know, even their own fans will call them out on it but give them a break. But it's only like the most hardcore, ardent fans will start making excuses. And that's what you see in politics, too. You know, all of us can take a step back, you know, whether you side, you know, your center right or – you know, more conservative than somebody who's center, right. You can take a step back when your team makes a mistake and say, you know, I'm still not going to switch teams, but you guys screwed up. And I don't like what you're doing. Cause you're sounding a lot like these guys. And you know what? They're on the same team. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing that drives me crazy. It's not, you know, the, 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 um, the permanent Washington being on the same team they will always be there. They they won't move. And if you're just gonna throw in blindly to one team, you're 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 gonna lose all the freedoms that you have until you can, you know, step back and look and realize what's going on. And say, look, you know, I might be a part of this team, but I still like to be on this team. But what they're doing is messed up, and I gotta do whatever I can to make sure I'm the one who's protected because I'm my own team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, until it, it people can make that differentiation, that your team, you know, your team can suck. Right. And you know, the Republican team has sucked for a very long, time. very long time. <laughs> God, we're so bad. It's hey, let's
0: just let's just wait till the um till they decide to do the, all the ESG scores and they start looking at everything, and then all of a sudden. The Democrat people who are posting nasty things start getting taken off of social media because of what they've said, because now the government doesn't like them because they now have more control. They're going to be like, what the heck's going on? Like, well, hey, welcome to the club, man. Glad you welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've you got a like- snippet of it already on
1: Twitter where Twitter is just fair and balanced. Now, there's still conservatives. We, Juice Brox Brothers, who were on RVM Network, just got banned the other day. Like conservatives <laughs> still get get in trouble there. But you've got a, a much more level playing field, and they hate it. I mean, <laughs> I can't stand it, it. it's been so fun. It's been the hi- the highlight, honestly, of the last three, maybe more, maybe the last seven years, has been seeing their response to one platform having the balls to say, you know what? We're going to let all of you talk, and just be, y'all, y'all lash it out and figure this shit out. What, it's been it amazing.
0: Shelter who, but before he was off air, was he the one who's like – do you want to go to a party without rules? Do you want to go? To- <laughs> yeah, it was him.
2: <laughs> like,
0: like, come on, you're an idiot, Stelter. Like, shut
2: up. We all want to go to a party yes. without rules. Only yes. dorks who never get invited to parties want to go to parties that have rules. <laughs> exactly. What do we do about this? Hey, here's the deal, folks. We're
1: running late. We're going to a party with no rules. We're going to booze and banter, bitches. Uh, and I say that in the most... In, uh, uh, you know, endearing way. I love you all. Uh, but that's where we're headed. We're headed over the booze and banter, redvoicemedia.com forward slash drew crew, or you can just go to red voice media and use promo code drew. That's where we're going to be. We're going to talk about how Fauci still says COVID was of natural origin. Not, not from a lab. He has some nuance that he puts with it, but we're going to talk about that. And then Jacob Chanley, the, the, the January 6th shaman looks better by the day. The problem is no one is looking no one's looking at this footage you're talking about it we will we've also got some other stuff that you can't unsee so i'm going to show it to you just because that's what we do there so stick with us hang there if we can't if you can't come for some reason we'll see you tomorrow be safe be smart be free
0: Just heard Drew Berquist. Catch the show weekdays on every major social media platform and on drewberquist.com.